Hey guys, Benjamin Darius, aka BJ here from Dear Dad Podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I wanted a platform where I can record and upload my content very easily. I didn't want to go through any hoops to get my podcast out there. When I did start my podcast, I was on a different platform. But after I was introduced to Anchor, not once, not twice, but over three times by my close friends, I decided to give Anchor a try. I must say, I absolutely love it. Not only is it easy to use, but I am able to record, edit, post, and publish all my episodes right there on the app or the site. I was able to transfer all my episodes onto Anchor in less than five minutes. That for me was unbelievable. Oh yeah, here's the best thing of all. It's free. It is free to use. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. But take my word on this. It's true. Using Anchor has definitely made podcasts so easy. Trust me, you'll love it. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad Podcast, a platform where you can come and express yourself rather through poetry, spoken words, essay, or simply a live conversation. This is All Dad Talk. I'm here for you. Let's go. Hello, you beautiful people. Thank you for coming back to your Dear Dad podcast. My name is Bjemson Darius, also known as BJ. Thank you again for joining us again for this conversation. And today I have another special guest for you. It is another relative of mine. It is my younger brother. So we're doing relative, relative a lot for this podcast for now on. I'm so happy that he decided to take this offer of talking about um, fathers and dads and fatherhood. And I'm so happy to introduce you guys to my little brother, Gamanuel Darius. How you doing? How you doing, everybody? Thanks for having me. So I'm just going to jump right into the first question. And again, these questions, you can answer it as far as you want to go. You just you can go as deep as you want to go. And I encourage that. And the first question is typically is it's going to be, uh, who is Gamanuel? Tell me about Gamanuel. So who am I? Um, so... Out of the six kids that our mother had, I am number four. I'm the last boy from my mother. Um, and I have two younger sisters, one older sister and two of the brothers. Um, what do I do for a living? I work in finance. Um, always had been interested in numbers um, ever since I was a younger child. And I took that into college and it worked out in the long haul. Um, I love... Uh, sports especially basketball um i have two daughters um what else um i think when it comes to the family um they say i am the one who we can go to in terms of financial um which is good um i love just helping my family out my biggest um i would say that what i love the most about my family is that and not even just my brothers and sisters, just my cousins, that we're all close. Um, I know that if I ever feeling down, I could always just, we have a group chat. I could always just read up what's going on. Um, when I was younger, we had our cousin who lived up the block from us. We had two cousins. And whenever I was going through a bad time, whenever I was bored, to just always go see them. Um, it was fun because it was always laughter. Um, you know, they moved away, but we always keep in contact. We talk, literally talk every day um since maybe four years ago 
I don't know what brought it up. I guess maybe whenever WhatsApp came out, we just came over the group chat and we literally we talked every day. We do trips together. Um, my passions in life is just to, I guess it would be just to be, um, to, to leave my kids with more than what I had. Um, you know, we'll get into that later on. Um, I think that's it. Um, if anything else, I'll just, I'll say that as the podcast go on. Yeah, of course. Of course. I just want to elaborate on what, um, Gamanua said earlier. Um, we had, um, a, a few cousins of ours that live not too far from us and, uh, that was pretty much our scapegoat that time. That's where we used to go and hang out. That was pretty much that closest cousins. Um, we spent summers there. We spent nights there. And sometimes we just stay up to almost 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning at times. And that's how close we were. Um, and those, that was a relative that we were closest to at that time. I mean, right now we are close to all our cousins. and But them at that time, they were our closest cousin. Um, as far as physically um, living by, they were not too far from where we lived. So whenever we, especially for me, when I was done with school, I would go straight over there. During summertime, I spent half of my summer over there, you know? So that was our, those were our first cousins. The clo- that was the closest cousin that lived closest to us, and that's where we used to go and hang out. So tell me about that. So, um... I heard some of the episodes in the podcast, so you pretty much touched on everything. But um, I'm going to be good to say some stuff, and I'm just going to just say, you know, my story. Um, so our dad had, you know, many wives and many kids. I mean, kind of like a passage from the Bible, many wives and many kids. But, um, yeah, he. I always remember him being around, but never there, you know. He came once in a while. He, I don't know if, you know, looking back now, I feel like he, he did what he could, but, um, the fact that he was, I felt like he chose not to be around and that was what really, I'll say maybe, I guess had held a grudge against him for many years. Um, as I, you know, as I got, you know, as I became a dad and as he felt, I think he felt that he missed out on my life, so he wanted to be in his grandkids' life. And that was a real connection, you know, between us. Um, so we came real close um, from that. But he, you know, what I said earlier about him not being around, I think that really just, I wouldn't say hinder me. I, I guess I can say hinder me in my education because at one point when I was in high school, you know, I wasn't doing too well. And I actually dropped out of high school for a, a month. Um, and I felt like if he was there, that would have never happened, you know, because that father figure is always different than, you know, so much a mom can do, because my mom, our mom was always working, you know, she worked, she had six kids to carry, and she had to pay the bills, um, and I kind of took advantage of that, and I, I fell in the wrong circle at the time, um, but, you know, I can't, you know, God does everything for a reason, um, the reason I say it, because although I, you know, I kind of like kind of messed up in high school. I did get back on track. You know, I finished college without any student loans. Um, so, you know, now, you know, I'm, all the money that I'm making at work is literally just for me in my pocket. Um, and maybe that could have been different if I had that. Maybe I would have went away to school. You know, I could have went away to college. I would have took some loans. I would, you know, everything could have been different. So my life, I'm happy with my life is right now. And I'm actually happy with 
relationship that I have with my dad right now. I'm um, our dad. Um, it's grown over the years. Um, he's always called, tried to, you know, get me to come over. I try to come over once in a while. He doesn't live too far from where I live. I live in the city, New York City. My dad lives in upstate Spring Valley. Um, well, they don't consider upstate, but he's not that far. So it's maybe like 35, 40 minutes away from where I live. And he's always, um, when he comes, you know, he's always, when I come, he's always like um, cooking for us or, you know, it's always, it's never an empty house when he gets, when we go there because we, we have other brothers and sisters who live with him. We have another brother who don't live that far. And our oldest brother always go over there. So whenever we're going over there, it's like a social moment. It kind of reminds me of what I mentioned earlier about our cousins who didn't live that far. It was always a good time when we went over there. Now, whenever I go see my dad, it's always a good time. And I actually look forward to going and seeing him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what you were saying before, as far as when you were growing up, um, he wasn't around. And, uh, you know, I had a conversation with um, Gael not so long ago. And one of the things she said was that she just felt alone. The, the fact that she he was there was one of the bother, the one, what bothered me the most, as uh, actually. That we saw him at family outings. We, we saw him at uh, uh, some, certain days. But the fact that he wasn't there always had an effect on us. And uh, because my mom had so much kids and she had to work and trying to feed us, we pretty much raised ourselves. And that was one of the big thing. We pretty much raised ourselves. Um, every every last one of us pretty much almost raised ourselves, except for my younger sister. Um, we pretty much raised ourselves. And the advantage, and I know Manu just said that, was that even myself, you know, because we didn't have a father in our household, Saturdays when we woke up, I would either leave the house and come back late or find some some kind of uh, activities to do because I didn't want to be in the house. And especially the condition that we were living in was not promising. There was not enough space for anybody. There was never enough food. So I always find a need to always leave because I was never comfortable at home. You know, imagine being home and not being comfortable. And that's how I felt. So therefore, I always find a need to just go out and be my friends or stay at my friend's house and come home late. And I didn't have a father to discipline me for that. And that was a problem. And I think almost every last one of us had to go through that. But we had to pretty much raise ourselves. You know, it was difficult, but we made it. And that was one thing I can really say I, I enjoy. So, I mean, I don't blame. Again, I'm not putting blame on my father. Um, again, it's probably because of his upbringing. Um, I don't know the full detail of his upbringing. I just know it was not the best. But I'm not putting blame i just know during that time that's what was happening and that's the reaction that we we took from it so i i know for myself i had to find outlets to go to maybe hang out with my friends go to my friend's house play a video game go to my friend's house to eat because there was no food at the house it was tough it was really really tough so i always trying to find an outlet another outlet for me to just get my attention instead of staying home what are some characteristics in dad that you find in you you know that's a funny thing um i've always said because you know our dad wasn't in our lives and i always said that whatever i didn't get from my mom i got from my dad so it was hard to even say because like my mom our mom sorry so people who's listening when we when we were growing up um we used to always spoke to our parents as my dad and my mom so the people listening if you hear me keep saying that that's because that's how we grew up we have the same mother same father but me and BJ and our siblings, we should always say my dad, my mom. So sorry if you hear us me saying that. Um, I know from our mom that I get like I get up early in the morning. My mom used to always do that. 
I can save, you know, I can save my, I can save money. I'm almost always going, doing, good at doing that. Those are like the two things I could always pinpoint. But in terms of for my dad, I really don't know what I got from him. I'm just thinking like maybe my attitude or you know the way I, um, you know, approach certain situations. But to be honest, I don't know what I got from my dad even to this day. Even though we have a close relationship, so it's basically whatever I didn't get from my mom. So I'm thinking like you know, because sometimes my mom when she's stressed out, she doesn't sleep. Some people can sleep. Um, I know my dad takes a lot of naps, and I know BJ, you get that from my dad. Um, I don't do that, so you know I don't get that from my, my dad. My mom usually once my mom is up for the day, she's up. Unless she's tired, she takes a nap, and that's you know I get that. You know I get that too. Um, in terms of like physical stuff, you know I get our mom is dark skin. And dad is light skin, so I'm pretty fair skin. I'm more on a lighter skin, um, but I'm pretty fair skin. Um, so, I guess it's a combination for parents. Um, no, I really don't know. I, 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 it and it wouldn't even be like impatient or being on time because my our mom is always on time. You know, I'm always on time. Dad is always late, and that's not me. But I know. so a lot of things I see that our siblings have. You know, our oldest brother. He's not the oldest person. He's not always. The person they rely, rely on to be on time. If you want me to be there at a certain time, I'll be there and, and I get to find my mom. So to regurgitate what I, what I said earlier, a lot of stuff I is what I don't know. Well, it's what I know that I didn't get my mom. I believe I got that from dad. Okay. So um, what are some mistakes taught you the most about life? I think the day that I... Remember when I mentioned earlier about me, you know, not being in school for a month, um, and then the whole time me being like, I guess the black sheep of the family all the time. Um, the biggest mistake I think I was, it was was um, making our mom cry, and disrespecting our uncle Fonts, who I will talk about later. Um, I wouldn't say disrespecting, but you know, being slick in the mouth with him. Those are, I think, are my biggest mistakes that you know. That can that can think about right now because you know that stand out. The sleeping part, I didn't know dad liked to take naps as well. I know my I know mommy like to wake up early, and that's me and my son Elias does the same thing as well. When I wake up in the morning, I wake up like six o'clock in the morning, and I'm alright, like I'm ready to go. Even if I sleep in late, like if I go to sleep late, I still wake up early. And he, my son does the same thing. So those are characteristics I guess you get from mommy and not from dad. But as far as the sleeping thing. I'm actually, this is a news for me as far as getting that. I thought, I, I didn't even know that I got that from him. Um, that's interesting. And I, even still right now, I'm still trying to like figure my way out. I was trying to figure who, what kind of characters in me that is dad. What kind of characters in me that it's, it's, that he does that I do. So whenever he speaks, whenever he does certain gestures, I try to like see if that's me. Do I do that? I know for me, with me and Elias, I can tell about certain things, but I want to see where does this stem from as far as, is it from dad or not? I mean, from mommy, you can tell, but from from uh, from dad, it's almost hard because we're not around him as much. So when now, whenever I speak to him, I just want to see whatever gestures he does, whatever way he speaks, whatever uh, action he takes to see if, we, I'm, if I'm doing the same thing too. So it's, I mean, I guess it, it does make sense. Um, we, we share some characteristics. I just, I just never realized where it was from. I didn't even know it was, it was from him. And like, you know, speaking of the gestures thing, I know that, you know, like, I think all the siblings, even our, you know, all the brothers, I think we have a habit of, we sit down, we put our hand over our head, 
I noticed that we all do that. Um, like we all like like to like just fidget, like playing around with our hands. Um, definitely, especially our thumb. Um, you know, I don't know if we got that from. It's definitely from our dad's side. So I don't know if from dad or from grandpa, uh, but we all do that. Yeah, and especially the head scratching too. I can't. Exactly. I, I remember I was. Uh, I, I think it was you. I was. It was you. Oh, it might happen to me. Any happened to me, it happened to me and Elias, and it happened to me and you. I was we're in the same uh, in the same area and uh, literally scratched our head at the same time in the same spot. It was so weird. It happened to me with Elias too. It's so weird how those things happen. Like the way we sometimes we just like either sometimes we cross our legs. It's the same way sometimes. Sometimes we just like I just can't. It, it's so so weird. And the time it happens, it happens simultaneously. And I know with you and I, we had this uh, thing that because we don't live anywhere close i live further upstate and you live in the city like and sometime uh gamanuel will come to church and from the minute i wake up i even tell my wife that like i i say, i know gamanuel is gonna wear this color i know he's gonna wear this type of clothes it's so weird it's, we're not twins we like literally like almost six years apart so the fact that we have that link is so profound like i would come to church and we would literally be wearing the same colors and it happens so often right and it was it's just crazy. And I, I before I even get to the church, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure Gamani was gonna wear the same color as I am. Right, but it's not the same color shirt, it's mismatched. Not mismatched but reversed. Like we have the same the color shirt you have on I have it as a pants and then the and color pants you have on I have a shirt. Yeah, it's either the opposite or the same. It's always always profound. There was so much characteristic, especially the the the, the color thing, color code thing is so weird <clears throat> that we are able to uh, match without even knowing it's profound it's so profound I, i'm just i mean still today I'm, I'm kind of intrigued about it to see what am i going to wear that you're going to wear i think our, our style is, is similar um because i know both of you and i worked in retail when we were younger so i don't i mean that can make a difference but i don't think that's the reason for it but i know uh we worked in retail but the the, the fact that we can literally match um it's for me it's still profound and also the fact that we shared the same room for you know almost you know a dozen years or more and you know an interesting thing is that um bj moved out maybe like a week before i did out of our mom's house yeah that's that's another similarity it's like uh i got a job offer and um uh, and i had to move and uh Emmanuel had got a new apartment so he had to move as well so it was literally we moved within seven days uh, uh, apart. It was so weird. I moved out and then he moved out. It was kind of a shocker to mom because we both moved out because both of us shared a room. So we both moved out and we both were you started a family and I had to get a new job. So we both moved out at literally the same week. And um, the day I had my interview was like I think it was the the same day that. Um, your wife had her interview and she got hired and I got hired literally within the same week. So there's a, a lot of the similarities. We're going to take a, 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 a turn right now and we're going to talk about more about fatherhood. So what do you enjoy most about being a dad? So that's easy. What I enjoy the most thing about being a dad is providing for my daughters um, and them having to experience things that I always wanted to and doing things that you know I always wanted to. Um, just the other day, I was having a conversation with my oldest daughter, Abigail, and she was saying, Daddy, you know, I've only been to DR, I've been to Haiti, I've been to Virginia Beach, Miami, and Disney World. That's all I've been to. And I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm thinking 
not your age. I didn't go anywhere, you know. And the fact that she doesn't understand it now, but you know, I see it as a you know, uh, I'm proud of myself for for allowing her to have all these things. You know, she's only six years old, and but, sorry, and for taking her to um all these places. Um, I'm pretty sure when she gets older, she's gonna appreciate it. But just the fact that you know, in the summertime, it may sound small to you guys, but my life was completely opposite. In the wintertime, we were cold. Summertime, we were hot. My daughter in the summertime, she's cool. AC is always on. Wintertime, we always have the heat on. Now, these are big things because um, these are big things for me. These are sorry. These are big things for you know me that I'm able to provide for my you know my kid with stuff that I dreamed about having you know she just came from last this summer we took her to disney and we took her to dr um and it was a great time she had a great time and she got into the, the disney castle princess castle she had dinner she had dinner with the princesses she had a great time um and it, when i think about it i'm just thinking about what more can i do for her you know um now i'm you know even not even now but like when she started school I was doing, um, I, you know, I continue to do education with her, math, um, reading comprehension, and when we had parent-teacher conference, uh, teacher was saying that she's doing real well. You know, she's doing above the national average, real, real well, um, especially in math. And then and she said she could do better in English, but even though in English she's still doing better than national average. And and um, math, you know, that was my that was my strong point, and I see that in her. Then she 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 asked me questions like. Daddy, what's this times this? And she'll tell me the answers. Or what's this plus this? And she'll tell me the answer. Um, and I'm real proud of her for that. And um, I think that I, you know, that I see, her, I see her in me. I see a lot of similarities, um, things that she do, such as like one day she flushed the toilet with her feet. And I used to always do that when I was younger. And that's things that I never told her. You know, I didn't teach her from. I didn't teach her how to do that. She just got it from me. So yeah, those are the main things I'm proud of. About being a dad. Yes. I, I don't think I've ever told you this, and this is one of the uh, confession I can say. Um, I've pretty much learned how to be a parent through watching you and Abigail. It's so profound. Like I, I found because um, Emmanuel had kids before I did. So um, I've I learned how to be a better parent how to be a parent or uh, an example of being a parent through Gumanuel is interesting because he's younger than me but he had kids before I did and I didn't have kids with women but I watch how he interacted with his older daughter Abigail and I see how he loved her embraced her and and sacrificed himself for her every single time that I wanted to do that too you know uh, I also learned how how to be a father through my older brother so it's kind of profound that I'm, I learned how to be more of a dad through my siblings instead of my uh, my father. My father was not an example. It was an example that I followed. I saw I saw how how my older brother um, uh, literally sacrificed himself for his son um, and uh, both both sons. And again with Emmanuel, like I I would watch him teach her how to read and her vocabulary uh, increase teach her her ABCs, her, her numbers. So, and I, told, and I told my wife that when, uh, before we had kid, I was like, whatever he's doing is working. I want to do it too with my, my family. I want to do it too whenever we have kids. So 
that when we have our son now, I mean, I can see that literally I'm pretty much mimicking what you do. And I'm parenting, I'm parenting, I'm learning how to parent, I learn how to parent from you guys. You guys have kids and I'm learning from you. And it always, I always take a step back and say, wow, like, this is the stuff that I should have learned from my father, but I'm learning it from my siblings. I mean, you can learn how to be a father and a dad through just about anybody, but I was interested in seeing that it was from my siblings instead of it was from, my, from, from dad. Yeah, especially, you know, um, I take, you know, I give credit to people older than me, like like you said, our oldest brother. Um, me and his son, you know, we were very close. That's my dad, that's my dad's son. We were very close. And although I wasn't his dad, you know, if I'm not his dad, I, you know, I kind of learned some stuff about, you know, just being an adult from him. Um, just the fact, you know, it's mainly love. You know, when you love, when you love a child, you do anything for that child. You want that child to succeed, especially in this world. With you or without you, if you die today, you know that you did your best. And when it comes to like, even like the educational stuff, um, you know, when Abby was born, I had like these posters of, you know, ABCs and colors and shapes. And I didn't think of that. I got that from, from um, our uncle, Uncle Willie. In his house, he's, he had, you know, alphabets all around the house. And I was like, no, I thought about it. I was like, that's a good idea, you know. I think because you know visual helps a lot so those are things that i just learned from other people mm, i didn't know that's where you got it from i mean i know i got it from you but i didn't know that's that's who you got it from but it works it works so well and with elias it works so well he's a visual learner too the way he re- he's able to retain is is impeccable so it was i was i was done i mean again i i a lot of the parenting that i've i've got i've learned I've learned from you and I, I've sit and observe and I may not say much, but I definitely credit a lot of the learning was from, from you and um, Peggy, my older brother. So you guys literally taught me how to be a parent. And for me, I, I, I mean, I have a lot of role models in my life. I have a lot of um, people that uh, I take a lot of positivity, positivity from um, as far as how to be a dad and how to be a better dad. I can say, I, I have a lot of role models, so I just take a lot of good from whomever that I get close to. One particular person that I'm thinking about, and I can I can see how he embraces his his kids, the way he talks to them, the way he acknowledges them, the way he um, he educate them. It's so profound. And whenever I, I I see someone that has that quality, I immediately plug myself into them because I want to learn whatever they're learning. Because they're doing something good, I want to do the same thing as well. I mean, like you said earlier, my uncle Fuentes, um, the way he parents was just profound. Like this is a, a person that was the, that he sacrificed literally everything. You know, just to go into more detail, like it was it's to the point that if it wasn't for my uncle Fuentes, we would not be in the position that we are in right now. And that's that's across the border from my sisters to all my brothers and I can honestly say that I mean I can say, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm speaking for them but because I, we went through that if it wasn't for him he was our number one father figure at least for me I know he was our number one he was there for education he was there for like parenting he was there to just to show us that even though your dad is not around I want, at least want to show you that you are loved and he showed literally almost every one of us that we were loved so that's why whenever he's asking for something or he wants us to do something, we, I, for me, I would I would drop everything to go and help him out, you know. 
this guy he made so much of a difference i know i didn't i didn't talk about much as far as father figure but as far as father figure and home he literally showed us that we were loved he showed us how to love the way he he embraced his sons the the things that he did for us it's just profound there was i can literally have another a whole entire episode a good sit down conversation about this guy one of the big examples i can have as far as father figures he taught us how to love he taught us how to care for our, own, our, our education if it wasn't for him a lot of us would not finish school or would not be interested in school it, he pushed us from the, to the place that my um where my mom lives right now if it wasn't for him we would not have this on uh, those things like we owe a lot i owe a lot from this guy yeah um i mentioned his name earlier um uh, and i was gonna you know i was gonna bring him up and mention him um, everything you said was 100%. Um, Uncle Funce was the guy who, like when, I, when I mentioned that he chose not to be there, Uncle Funce was the guy who chose to be there and wanted to be there. He saw how we were struggling and he said, no, 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 that's not gonna happen. You know, these are not my kids, but this is family. Um, and for those you know, no, our last name is Darius, Uncle Funce's last name is Million. Um, you know, it's just he's my dad's cousin in the long, in the long run, um, so he didn't have to do that. We were living in um, downtown Manhattan. It was a very small room, like it was. That's all we lived in a room. The bathroom was outside. The kitchen was outside the door. We shared it with the neighbors. So we were living in a room, um, and one day Uncle Funs came in. I was, I think, we were all, like most of us sleeping on the floor, and he just came in and he said, "Okay." He came in, I think maybe like a a week or two because he, he had to get supplies and he literally built us a bunk bed two bunk beds one 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 on one wall and one across the other hall on wall um so remember at that time my mother had five there was one of our sisters in haiti and so there was six kids in the house so i had six kids but one was in haiti so there's six people in the house including my our mom so at you know um i remember I believe Gael and, and Gael and which our older sister and Peggy stepped upstairs uh, in the in the bunk bed. Um, BJ stepped down. I stepped in for my mom and Bob was a baby. I think she stepped in. She stepped in the crib. I will always remember that. You know, the fact that he gave us. He literally gave us a place. He built a place for us. He didn't give it to us. He built it. He built us a place for us to sleep, and I am so grateful for that. Even to this day, um, just the other day, I since the summertime, I've been, he's always busy. Once he's always going to see his grandkids in California, both his kids living in California, and he has brothers in Florida. He's always traveling. Um, I was just trying to like, just to see him and just to take him out. Um, it was hard because you know he's always working. Now I'm working. I have kids, so it's different now. And I finally got a hold of him. And he, when I first told him that with the summer, he said he wanted all of us to be there. And it's hard because we all have families and. Uh, and it was hard to work out. And one day I was just like, I'm just gonna call him because every time I call him, it's hard for me to reach him. Hey, I'm gonna try now. And he said, yeah, he said, um, yeah. Yeah, let's go out tomorrow. I said, okay. I was like, pick a place um, wherever you wanna go. Um, well, I'll take you no matter what. He's like, I got a friend who's in town, my best friend from um, you know, from childhood. I was like, I don't care. You can have 20 people. I'm taking you out. We're going out because I've been trying to see this guy forever. And he's literally, he isn't the father figure to me. Whenever I think about a dad, it's him. Um, all the lessons that he 
if you see, you know, I'm sure people watch Family Matter and all those family shows growing up, and never, you know, somebody would have a talk with the with the kid. That was so fun. He always, and remember, he had, a, my mother had six kids. He had a talk with all of us. He always took time, no matter what. My mom used to call him whenever he was out of control, and he would come, no matter what he was doing. We couldn't, maybe it wasn't that day, but he'd come within that week. He would definitely come and make the sacrifice. Um, that's one guy who I, and when we talk about, you know, being a father who we learn from, you know, I also learn from my uncle, but, um, you know, Uncle Willie and my brother, my brother, but I think I learned, like, just, like, love from him and sacrifice and doing no matter what. Like, it's literally unconditional love because he never wants anything. He doesn't ask for anything. Even when, for instance, this summer when I, when I went to Disney World, um, his brother used to work for Disney World, so his brother retired. Um, I told him, you know, I want to go. I want to bring the kids. I want to bring, well, just one of our daughters. And he said, okay. And I said earlier, Uncle Quentin's old traveling. So the day was getting close. The day was getting close. And um, I couldn't reach out. I left voicemail. I couldn't reach out. You know, so I understand he's busy. So I called his brother. His brother told me, okay, um, this is what it's going to be. Um, you know, big discount. He literally gave me a big discount. This is how much um, it's going to be. I said, all right, fine. Uh, compared to what Disney World charge, um, I'll take it. And Uncle Fuzz called me later, later the day we were about to leave. He was like, yeah, I spoke to your mom. I've been so busy. Sorry. Your mom told me to go to, go to Disney World. Um, and you called my brother. I was like, yeah. He was like, why did you call him? I said, because I was trying to get in touch with you. I can't find you. He's like, if I tell you that I'm, I'm going to take care of it, I'm going to take care of it. He called his brother. He called him back maybe 15 minutes later. He said, you're going for free. And this is me at 32 years old. Uncle Fonts always looks out for us, you know, no matter what. I'm sure all of us have stories. And this is Uncle Fonts at 32, 32 years old, me at 32, still looking out for me, still like a son. And then when he, when, whenever he introduces somebody, he said, this is my son. That's what he says. When, he, when I took him to, out to dinner and his best friend was there, he said, this is my son. Um, when I spoke to when his brother called me back, he was like, I didn't even know that Uncle Fonts see you like that. He said, you're like a son to him. No problem. Don't worry. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't even say we're like sons. He said, "This is my son. This is my daughter," because he literally raised us. Like my youngest sister, he literally raised her. I mean, I, when I can say again, I can have an entire like hour to two conversation about the the this guy's greatness, the stuff that he does or have been doing and still doing for us, sacrificing. He was literally our father at times. Like whenever we need to have a conversation, like the manual said, he was there. Whenever we did something wrong, he was there. Like he would talk to us. It wasn't penalizing us. He would sit us down and talk to us and share his stories, his his way of doing things, and tell us this is why we not we shouldn't do those things. This is why we should do those things. And he always have a story to tell. He always have a story to tell because he went through it. He doesn't want us to go through it. He see that we're suffering, so he he tried his best to lighten it up, and he definitely did. Again, I almost. I'm going to say 50 to 60, 70% of the where we are right now is because of him or where we are right now is because of him. He literally, whenever we ask him for something, he drops everything for us. And I'm not saying me, and I'm not going to say Emmanuel for all of us. He has such a big impact on all of us. If there was, a, again, an ideal father figure, our Uncle Fonce was definitely that guy. And I'm so happy that we were able to have someone like that in our lives because, again, who knows where we how we would turn out who knows how we would turn out because there was never enough space never enough um, um room um never enough with there was never enough of anything and the fact that he saw something 
um, and a problem, and he came in and, and fixed it. Like Emmanuel said, we didn't. We were living in a one-bedroom apartment. Correction, we were living in a room. I'm sorry, and shared bathroom. That's how severe the situation was. And he literally, I'm pretty sure it was not uh, uh, something that he he should have done, but got his equipments and was able to like literally build us beds from scratch, build us beds so we can have somewhere to sleep. It was my mom and all six of us. Imagine that in one room. Profound, profound. Again, I can I can go, we can go in deep with this conversation as far as points because this is an ideal father figure. This is who this guy is. And he, he still today will always sacrifice himself for us. I, I, I love this guy so much. Love him so much. And I even still today I feel bad because I'm like, I want to do more, but I don't know what to do. And he doesn't ask for more. He just, I, I, right now I'm pretty sure all he requires is a time. But he doesn't even have time because he's always doing something. You know, I fully enjoy this guy because he just knows how to love. He just knows how to be a parent. He just knows how to sacrifice himself. And this is the stuff that I'm taking as far as father uh, or fatherhood. This is what the stuff that I'm taking. I want to implement uh, for my son moving forward. And I know Gamani was doing the same thing. And I know my other siblings are doing the same thing. So the stuff that we go through, the stuff that we go through, are we able to uh, overcome? It's because of this guy. Mostly because of this guy, because he showed us hope. We didn't see any hope, but he gave us hope, and we were able to be here because of him. Yeah, definitely gave us hope. Um, I remember when I was graduating college, um, I ran out of, um, I needed money to pay for, I think, two more classes. And I told my mom that, so my mom, that I'm going to graduate. I just need to pay for these classes, uh, and I'll pay you back. And she was so happy. So right after I graduated, um, later on that year, um, I, I started my career job and I wanted to pay back my mom. And um, this is when we took on the cruise. And I was, I was talking to Uncle Funtz and I, I'll never forget the words that he said. He just told me that he's proud of me. Because I told him, you know, I wanted to care of my mom, um, you know, that, you know, um, I feel like, you know, she did everything for me and I want to care of him. He didn't want that. He didn't want me to do anything for him. He just want to do everything. He wanted me to just care of my mom. It's funny that I'm thinking about this now. If you ask our oldest nephew, Aiden, I always tell Aiden, when you ever finish school, whenever you finish college, don't think about what I did for you. Take care of your mom and dad. Just think about how they sacrificed for you. And that's exactly what Uncle Funz told me. And that, he, this is, Uncle Funz told me this after I, I, I always told Aiden that. And it's just funny that he told me that. He just told me that he's proud of me. That, you know, that, we're doing all, that I'm doing all this. Um, those are words I'll never forget. Um, whenever uh, parents tells you that they're proud of you and they, you know that they really mean it, it means a lot. So especially when somebody who's like a father figure who you see as a father figure, it means more because you know it's not your father, but you know he did that person did everything for you. It meant so much to me. Mm, yes, I mean again, I can I can go on and on with this with um this guy because he's he's done and continued doing so much for us, and um I, I'm I'm so happy that he decided to interject himself in our lives. So we can have a better life. He sacrificed so much, and I'm so happy that he did that. So I'm going to. Um, so this question is against towards you. So did you have an idea of what kind of dad you wanted to be before being um, a father? And are you are you that now? I know. Um, I think I am. I know what dad I didn't want to be because I didn't want to be like our dad. I wanted to be involved. I wanted to play with my kids I wanted to be there um, you know provide for my kids 
so I think I am that dad. Like just the other day, we went upstate around for Thanksgiving weekend. Um, my daughter left her sneakers up there, and we don't. It was gonna take us. It took us the whole week just to get it back. But she had gym. I just, you know what? No matter what, I'm going to the. I'm going to the sneaker store. I'm getting my daughter some sneakers. I don't care, cause she needs it. Um, my daughter wants, you know, she wants a gingerbread house. What gingerbread house? She wants a Christmas tree. Christmas tree. I do, you know, there is times when I let her know, no, I tell her no. But the fact that I'm able just to read her bedtime stories, she she wants me to tuck her in every night. Um, and it's me. She wants me to tuck her in. You know, me to read her stories. Um, she wants she wants me to give to whenever she's in the shower, she needs something, she calls me. Um, so she's the ultimate daddy girl. Our, our youngest daughter is nine months, so she, you know, she's not really there yet. Um, in terms of, you know, being, you know, being like a daddy's girl, mama's girl, but um, our oldest daughter Abby, she's the ultimate daddy's girl. Like everything is daddy this, daddy that. Um, and even like the other day, you know, with the whole Disney Plus, me and her watching Gorgoyles, and she just loves it now. She wants to watch it. She's like, oh, Goliath this, Goliath that. <laughs> why he turned to stone? Or why they going back in the past? It's just that whole thing that I want to have with my dad. You know, like just um, and it. The, the whole thing I want to have my dad just like watching you know TV and discussing it, cartoons, watching movies, joking, going on going to like Broadway shows, Disney shows, um, and you know those things. It's not for me. I don't to tell the truth. I don't enjoy it. I I just enjoy spending time with my daughter and enjoy that she is able to go back to her friends and you know say like, hey, I did this. Especially you know us growing up when we were in. Um, Whenever you go back from, whenever we come back from summer vacation, actually, what you did, we didn't do much. We just stayed in the house, or we, you know, go outside. We didn't do much activities. But our uncles, kind of to segue from that, our uncles did a lot for us. You know, our father's brother, um, definitely Uncle Max, who's always taking us to Atlantic City, um, always taking us to the beach. Um, and those are the only stories that I had to tell when I was back in school. But now, now my daughter can say, "Hey, I went here, I went here, I did this, I did that." Um, and I just really hope that she appreciates this family the Darius and the Williams family as much as I do. Um, she has cousins growing up who are around the same age as her, um, just like we did. And that's a big bonding factor. I think, um, yes, but to go back to be like, am I the father that I want to be? Now, am I the father to my kids that I always wanted to be? I think I am. I mean, I could always do better. I'm never, I mean, I'm never going to stop being a, a great father. Um, but I am happy with the dad I am now. I, there's no regrets. Mm. I'm just going going to um, go with what you said before, as far as your uh, as far as Abigail. Abigail is uh, the firstborn, and she's definitely a, a daddy's boy, daddy's girl. I'm sorry, she's definitely a daddy's girl. Um, to to everything that you want to do, she want to do as well. I think that's so cool, man. It's so cool that she wants to do everything that you're doing. It's, it's I think it's so cool. I want to ask you a question about Abby. Can you tell me your vision for Abby? Um, my vision for her is just for her to choose what she want to do in life and be happy about it. I think definitely when it comes to the workforce, there are some times when we don't, we're, we're limited on options um, because of the situation that we're in, especially for you know um, being a black in a black family. Um, so I want her to be what she wants and I want her to live her life and just be happy with it. Um, obviously, I want her to get married. I want her to have, you know, I want her to have the life that she wants. 
But I also want her to understand that everything takes work. Um, nothing comes easy. But I, in terms of, I always, I always say this thing about oh, when Abby gets older, Abby and Logan and all the kids, they're gonna go to the Pocono because that's what we did. That's what we did. We um, spend time with each other. So, sorry. Um, for Abby, it's her just living a life, living a fulfilled, fun life. Um, just being there for her family, being there for her little sister, um, and just taking care of herself, being able to take care of herself. That when I get older, I know that I did a good job and that I don't have to worry about her. Mm. Is Are there things you wish you had done different as a dad? Well, you know, sometimes there are sometimes when I, you know, I get, I get a little, I catch a little temper with her. Um, you know, I yell at her. Um, it's but it's all like a trying to, it's all like a, a learning thing. But sometimes, you know, so I live in the city, and those of you who don't know that the city has a certain time when you have to find parking. Um, if you're not, if you can't find parking, then you're screwed. So in the morning time, I have to get Abby ready, and I gotta get Isabel ready. I drop you off. I drop. Abby off at school, I drop Abby off my mom's house, and I gotta find parking. But sometimes I try to, you know, have Abby hurry up. Even though she's five, I try, you know, I try to have her do th- things her own, like pack her own snack, and I try to, you know, tell her how to take a shower. Um, you know, but then again, sometimes I have to remember that she's only five years old, and she can't move as fast as I want to, or she can't walk as fast as I want to. So I think if it's just me, it's the whole temper thing, and more of relaxing with time. Um, even though, you know, with the cities, it is a certain time you got to be at a certain place. Um, I think just me have, just me when it comes to time, just trying to understand that she is only five. I do, sometimes I do understand that, but you know, especially in the morning time, it's usually in the morning time that she's only five years old, she can't do everything. But, um, you know, I try to prepare myself to avoid that. I try to do everything the night before, you know, iron her clothes or I pack her bag or I ask her what she wants for breakfast. That way I try to have everything ready and I, I get up early, extra early, just to do all these things. What are three happy moments in your life that you can you can um, sum up, either with your kids or for your own person? I think the first happy moment that I can think of is when we, and it's funny, when we moved from the one room apartment to the project, because it was from one room into a four bedroom. So instead of cramming and being all around each other, we had our space. Um, that was a very happy moment, um, especially for my mom. My mom always said she wanted kids to be able to run around. And it was a pretty big apartment. Um, second happy moment, I think it was, all right, so I'm gonna go to a little story and then say this. When I was maybe 14 or 15, maybe around that age, um, our Aunt Alud, she had money on the, on the she had money on the counter and I took it. I took it and she said that you cannot come back to this house until you give us the money back. And I always and I denied it for a while. And I was just missing my cousins because I used to always go, I missed them, I missed them, I missed them. And I think the fact that I, I I owned up to it. I owned up to it, I said yes, I took it and I gave her the money back. Um the fact that I think that's when I, I really realized how much family meant to me and how much I love those guys. Um I really missed them at, at during that time. Um 
that's the second moment when I realized I did a mistake and I owned up to it was a big mistake. Um, the third, I think it would have to be finishing college because it was a journey. Um, like I said, I, I stopped going to school for a while. I had to go to alternate high school. Um, I finished a semester late, but I started college in the in the in, the, in January. I started college of the year, so I wasn't too far behind. Um, I started at community college, and I felt like it wasn't I wasn't going anywhere. And what's the point of for me? You know, um, if I could just go into a four year a four year university and then just get out the way because I'm gonna have to do it anyway. And the fact that I did it and um, you know, I was the first one in the family to do, to do it. It wasn't my goal to be the first one in the family to do it. Um, no, it wasn't. Isabel's trying to lie. Um, <laughs> it wasn't my goal, but it was just a goal just to financially be in a different situation. And the fact that I did it and I started a career job and, you know, just looking back at all the sacrifices that I did, you know, whenever our cousin used to always go out, I never used to go out. I just, just tried to stay home and, like, study and finish up. And, um, you know, that that was it. And just to continue from that, um, true family is always going to be there. You know, when, like I said, our cousins used to always invite me out. I used to never go out. And now we go out all the time. We go out all the time. So true family is always going to be there no matter what. Mm, I'm just going to elaborate on something that you said on the moving into the graduation. When we moved from the one bedroom to, a, to the four bedroom, I think I, I want to give you guys an imagery of of how this was. So we went from one bedroom where we shared the entire room, one room, all of us sharing it. Again, again, this is just us being transparent. Um, it's hard. It was hard for me to say, but it's easier for me to say it now. One bedroom, one room. I keep saying one bedroom. One room to a four bedroom apartment. I remember the first day that we got this uh, this uh, apartment my older brother and I literally ran inside the apartment and so we can pick out for our room. Literally. I ran <clears throat> in the room to try to pick up my room. The room that I picked was the room that my older brother wanted, so he kicked me out. <laughs> so therefore I had to go to the other room. Um, since he was the oldest, so he had his own room, so I had to share a room with Emmanuel. So that's, that's I wanna tell you that that's, that's how big it was. That's how, how much of a difference it was. And again, us just getting this that apartment was because of my uncle Franz, because he was determined to get us this apartment. And he he did get it for us. So imagine moving from one room apartment to a four bedroom apartment. This is a luxury for us, and this is stuff that we. Sorry, let me also mention that we also had a living room and an eating kitchen. Yeah, all we had everything that we didn't have. We didn't have. We came from literally nothing to having pretty much everything. You know, and that's the reason why I think right now, um, uh, I think all of us are very humble because we came from nothing, you know, from very little um, uh, from the beginning. We came from nothing to having whatever we have right now. So anything that we get, we're grateful for. At least I know for myself, everything that I get, I'm grateful for because I know how it is to not have anything. I know how it is to not be able to eat. I know how it is to not be able to sleep on your own bed. Like I know how it is to not be able to breathe or have a home to come to and relax i know that so the fact that we were able to have a place that we can call our own call home and be able to stretch our legs and be okay it's i'm i don't know how how else i can say it's profound it's so electrifying because we're able to have 
a lot of stuff that we didn't have before. We're able to do a lot of the things that we didn't do before. I'm able to come home and be relaxed. That's that's how that's how powerful that was for me. You know, it, it, it's such a powerful thing. And I just also wanted to just talk about what you were referring to as far as graduation. I believe he was you were the first person. Manning was the first person to graduate from college. And as soon as he graduated from college, I, I, told, I had to get my act together. I got to do it, too. You know, again, I learned from you. You are the youngest brother, but I learned I, I, I absorb a lot of these things from you because you're able to achieve it. I'm like, I, I can do it, too. And that's how I, I, I visualize things. That's how I absorb these things. I see if you can do it and you're doing it well, you're able to overcome it. I can do it, too. Not to say I wasn't able to do it before, but because I see that you did it, it pushed me and encouraged me to do it. You know, me getting my education, I, I'm not, I, I, of course I got it from, for, um, for mommy, but because you were able to do it, I was like, I want to do it too. You know, I want to be up there when you up there, I want to have my diploma where you have your diploma. Like I want to have that right next to you because you did it. I want to do it too. And I always wanted to say that because of you, I think a lot of us decide to like take our education seriously from myself to my older brother. He decided to take his education seriously, seriously as well. But it just take one, just at least one of us. At least for me, it just took one of us to just like say, say, say and show that they can do it. And um, and the rest of us were able to follow as well. For me, I can see the value of education. I can, like I said before, it wasn't a thing for me. It's not too much of a thing now, but I see the value of it now. I would have a higher interest in it if I was able to like, I don't know, see someone that was able to make it because all of us were going through our own ordeals. All of us were going through our own struggles. All of us were trying to grow up. Sometimes we, at a point, we feel like we pretty much raise ourselves, you know, to a certain degree. So imagine all this plugging in. So education was not a thing for me. I just wanted to just get out. So moving forward to see that you are able to accomplish that, it really just like set me on a path of, of getting my act together. Or set me in the path that okay, education is important. I need to get this, and I also seeing that it's not only just for me; it's an accomplishment for my um for mummy. It was an accomplishment for for mummy, and it's a accomplishment accomplishment for my son. Is even now I'm looking forward to continuing my education because I want him to know that one education is important, and two that if I can do it, he can do it too. Mummy is doing it, so he can do it too. So a lot of the stuff that I'm doing right now is not because it's not simply because of for me, especially I'm a, I'm a parent now. It's because I wanted to show my son and not even my son too. I want to show literally the niece and nephews that they're able to do those things. You know, it makes it easier for them to accomplish those goals if their uncles and fathers and moms are able to uh, achieve those goals. So I'm doing it not only for me, but I'm doing it for everybody else that, that that's around me. So to show that we can do it. Um, and that's one thing I, I wanted to mention as far as that. The degree and um, I got my degree because I would say because of you, but it, you pushed me to 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 uh, get that. And I always wanted to be grateful for that because one of us were able to do it. That means that all of us can do it. And if you remember when I turned 30, you know, I put a post on IG. Um, I, I dedicated a decade to all three of my older siblings, you, Gael, and Peggy, um, because, you know, I know I've seen all the sacrifice that you guys did for me. And I really appreciate that. Um, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have been able to graduate from college for, if it wasn't for you guys, you know, including with you, you guys. 
um, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for, you know, my older siblings. Um, from Peggy being like the second father figure, um, I, my first memory of, of my oldest brother, Peggy, was him protecting me. That's the first memory I have of him. Um, Gael, she was, you know, our mom was always working. Gael used to always step in. She was the second mom. She used to always cook, um, you know, keep, keep us fed. And you, you know, you was, before we, before, especially when we moved in, the, uh, the, um, into the four-bedroom apartment, um, you was my roommate, and you was also um, my friend. You know, we always talked. Um, you was always there. Um, and you forgave me for a lot of stuff that I did. You know, all the stuff that I did. Um, and I'm very thankful for, oh, you guys, you guys shaped me for who I am. Um, yeah, so I definitely, that's why I always had that in my mind. When I'm turning 30, I'm going to dedicate, you know, 10 years to each of you guys. And I, I love you guys for that. Oh, love you too, bro. <laughs> so I'm um, almost wrapping up. How do you want your child to remember you? I want him to remember me as the dad who was strict, but I, but she can always come. They could always come to me. Um, a dad who who sacrificed for them and who financially set their future for them, who put them on a path to to be very how do I say this? Not dependent on loans or on you know other stuff um whenever my first daughter was born i it's funny i started thinking about death when she was born and it was my death like if i die now what i'm gonna leave for her or when i die when i'm 60 or when i'm 80 what i'm gonna leave for her so that was the thing that i always and i still think about it to this day how can i financially and how can i um shape her to be a woman um that's prepared for this world Whenever I do the part, um, I like I like I, I mentioned earlier, I'm very good at finance, so I always try to just set aside some money for them. Um, you know, invest some money in for them, um, just so they can be financially ready at the college, because college is only going to get more expensive. Um, so for these kids, for my my two girls, I just want them to know that I was the fun dad, just like I'm the fun Uncle G. Um, and I want just want to be the greatest dad to them. Mm, that's the kind of legacy you want to leave behind. Yes, that is. With Elias, there's there's so many things that I want to like accomplish before I, I don't know kick the bucket. There were so many things that because I want him to see that his dad has gone through some stuff, but is able to make it. Refer to the education, um, but it's not only education. Just how we interact everything that i do he wants to mimic whenever i'm fixing stuff around the house he wants to do it whenever i'm on this podcast he want to be on the podcast so i can tell that he wants to do it so i want to also leave a good legacy for my son as well just a a, a good way of understanding things a good way of going about things so yes you were referring to your daughters as far as certain things you want to leave for her as far as legacy i wanted to just ask a question um, referencing that you're raising two daughters right now. Abby is older and Isabel is the youngest. Do you have any fear of raising daughters? Um, yeah, I have fears. So just to go back to the other thing about legacy, um, another thing that I know I'm going to be okay with um, is the family that this that my daughters have. I know I'm going to be okay with that. Um, so back to your question. In terms of fears, 
about raising two girls. Um, it's fears on both ends. You know, I'm a black man. I always thought, you know, I guess I was naive. And I was growing up that as long as I have an education as a black man, I'll be fine. But, you know, with what's going on, um, especially what's going on in the United States, it's, um, it's very scary. Um, so that just leaving two, you know, it's something would happen to me, God forbid, leaving two girls young, definitely young, um, without a father, it's going to affect them. So that's one thing. And another thing is that I, I, I want to say that I'm not afraid, but I just don't know, you know, what God has in store for them. Um, or, you know, what's going to happen because they're females and they're black females. Um, and, you know, it's changing. What's going on in times is changing. Um, so that's my fear. But my goal is just to always be there for them and just try to teach them, you know, the way of the world, the way of man. And when I mean man, not mankind, men as in guys. So, as you know, you have a daughter and you, she's mimicking pretty much everything that you're doing. And she want to be like you. Would do you think? She, do you think you molding her to date a guy potentially like you? Um, I don't think at this time. I don't think so. Um, I think I'm. Maybe I am. You know, it could be I am. But I think I'm. I'm molding her. Sorry. I think I'm molding her to. Just I think. I think I, I want to say that I think I'm, I'm molding her to just be ready for life, you know. Um, and it's life as a kindergartner, you know. I don't. I'm not gonna mold her, you know, as you know a 20 year old woman. Um, right now, it's all about you know learning, um, you know your alphabets and letters, um, and how to apply that to you know life. Um, pretty much soon, we're gonna start doing um, currency. We're gonna start learning about money. Um, and I, you know, when I when I do give her money. Um, she and she's just like me. I give her money. She puts it in the piggy bank. She knows that. She, I tell you, she used it for ice cream. She said, "No, I want to put it in the piggy bank. I want to save it." So I guess I'm teaching her. Oh, she's just learning about how to save, even though she doesn't know the really real meaning of it. But the fact that if I spend, I have less. If I save, I have more. Would you want Abigail to date a person like you? Um, some characteristics. Some characteristics, yes. Some characteristics, no. Um, overall, I will say no, because um, I'm not the perfect guy. Um, but I would want her, maybe a younger version of me, or an alternative. But I would, speakingly, I would say no. To be honest. Mm, I mean, the reason why I ask that question is because we, we are our. Uh, Let's say my son, um, Elias, he is with his mom, and he's more or less a mama's boy. So from the way he he grows up with her and see how she is and see how I treat her, he's more or less going to look for a person like his mom. Not, I'm not saying identical, but those are characteristics that he's going to um, pick out. And the reason why I, I throw that question at you is because you more or less mentally or molding her to pick someone that's have your characteristic believe it or not i mean that's why they said um the daughter um their first boyfriend so to speak is their dad or their first uh um, idol is their dad because everything that their dad do is what they um, want to do um the way you are and the way you 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 act around her the way you treat her 
this is how this is what she's going to look at for a potential mate i mean i'm I mean, not I, I know that's in the future but that's just the overall concept where the way you grew on raising her is is who she's going to want to be with so she's going to want to be date someone that has your characteristics so your characters the way you act the way you talk the way you carry yourself the way you save the way you don't save all that are characters that she see and use that she's going to look for another mate and the reason why I challenge you towards that is because if there is a certain characteristic that you don't think you you should show her or you don't like, I think that's something you might have to like. What well, I'm not saying you, just in general, like myself too. If there's certain characters in us that we don't like, I think we need to try our best to show our kids the best because the the bad behaviors can over overtake the good behaviors. But the thing is, they take both. If there are certain bad behaviors that we're doing, they're going to take that too. So we have to be able to identify those bad behaviors that we're doing so we won't transfer kids, so to speak. So um, that's that's why I said I to challenge you as far as that. Like there are, if you may not think about it, but you more or less are molding Abby to just have an idea of just the kind of guy I want to be because my dad was amazing. He was doing this. He was doing that. He was able to do this. He taught me this. So he's going to look, she's going to look for that kind of, personality trait and her potential mate i always go back to um uh, something that uh not um i want to Max, but our, our cousin max told us i told me i remember so he was the, literally the first darius to graduate i was the first one from my, my mom's kid but he's the first darius of this generation and I, and I told him that i wanted to be like you he told me no be better than me and that always stuck in my mind um so when it comes back to my daughter, you know, I want to be, I want to be with somebody like me, but also better than me, you know? So this one question is, if dad was sitting next to you or he was listening to right now, right? He mm-hmm. was sitting next to you or he's listening to this message. What would you want to tell him? Um, I think I told him already um, when we had a little dinner for him, appreciation dinner. Um, what I told him was that I forgive him and that I understand where he came from. Um, now that I'm a dad, it was different me for me growing up and me being a young man, young boy. Um, but as I got older and I had a child of my own and I understood, even though it was wrong what he did, um, I forgave him for it. And I would never want my child to, you know, have that anger for me towards me for what I had for um, our dad. Um, so that's what it would be. I told him already. Um, he knows. Um, and that's pretty much it. Great. Great. Wow, 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 wow. Yes, yes, I, I love it. And I'm pretty much going to be wrapping up. <clears throat> I wanted to wrap up. And before I wrap up, I just want to ask one, one, one last question. For the fathers out there, for the dads out there, father figures out there, they have a way of impacting us. They have a way of having a way of um, changing our lives. What would you say? What would, what kind of message would you have to all the fathers and father figures out there? Um, so this is especially for the fathers who, um, or the soon-to-be fathers. Um, just be the dad that you always wanted when you was growing up. If you had the dad that you always wanted when you growing up, be like that, and like I said, be better. If you didn't, if you always wanted your dad in your life, if you always wanted your dad in your life, be that dad. Be in, be in your child's life. Um, love is, it's easy, 
if you want it, you know? If you want to be in your kid's life, it's, it's, it's not difficult. Um, so that's what I would say. Just be the dad that you always wanted growing up. And it's everything else is, is just going to come. It's going to come because a child needs nothing else but love. You give that child that, and you're fine. Everything else just falls in place. And Isabel agrees with me. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Thank you, bro. Thank you for taking this opportunity to be vulnerable, to let me know what's in your mind, the experiences that you had. We all grew up in the same household. We share the same room, and we have different experiences. We had different perspective of life. And I'm so glad that you're able to share these things with me. And for every interview that I have with our siblings, I learned something new. Or even with our relative, I have I learned something new. Um, because I have my perspective, I have my view of things, and I don't see others because I have my own. And I this 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 platform is not only just for um the the family, but is this just anybody that has a story to tell? You know? Everybody has their own story to tell and how you the, the fact that you were able to overcome it, the fact that you are here, the fact that you are alive, is not by luck. All of us were hand-picked. All of us were hand-chosen to be here. And I'm so happy that you were able to come into this podcast and share with me your thoughts and feelings and experiences because all of us, all of ours is different. And the fact that you were able to share with me, I'm so happy that you were able to. I learned a lot, a lot from what you told me because, again, I didn't, I didn't, know these things but that's what story is about it's not judgment it's not critique it's just a story to tell and i'm i'm happy that you were able to be vulnerable and be open with me about um being a dad how to be a dad and uh, what kind of figures you had in in your life and i'm not gonna keep you any longer so i just wanted to say thank you again for your presence thank you for your time shared thank you for your story um your life story your life experiences and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I just want to say that I love you and I'm happy and I'm, I'm proud of who you have become. And I want to continue to fight to become the best dad you, you want it to be. Like you said, this, you want to be a, a perfect dad or you want to be a good dad. You need to work towards to achieve that. And I know that you're working towards that. Nobody's perfect and nobody's going to be perfect. So I want to challenge you and I want to challenge everybody else to continue to be the better version of yourself. Be the better version of yourself. You're not going to be perfect and you're never going to be perfect. But if you strive to be perfect, you will be perfect. Or you strive to be perfect, you'll be close to perfect, should I say. But I want to thank you again, bro, for the time that you had, for sharing with me. And um, I want to say uh, again that I, I, I really do love you. Thank you. I love you too. I love you all you guys. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to say um, one more thing. Like like I said, um, like, Uncle, like our cousin Max said, don't be like him, be better than him. And what that meant to me was, I don't know if he meant it that way, but what it meant to me was, this, and this is for everybody, don't set limits for yourself. You can mold yourself after somebody, but you can always be better. Um, so that's what I'll, I'll say to all the dads, or the moms, just and then everybody and whatever you're doing in life, um, set a goal for yourself, then after that, set a goal to, you know, set another goal. Um, just keep improving yourself and no matter what you're doing. Wow, wow. Be better. Don't be like me. Be better. Of course. Uh, that's amazing. Be better. I mean, you see someone that you that's doing something good, be better than them. I'm, I'm pretty sure we want that for our kids. We want our kids to be better than, than us. So again, guys, I want to thank you for allowing us to be vulnerable. Thank you for my guest, Emmanuel Darius, my brother, for 
um, for sharing his vision, for sharing his message, for sharing his story. And I want to thank you guys for coming back for this podcast. And um, I will see you later. Bye. say something <laughs> all right guys <laughs> all right good night okay guys if you want to keep up or listen to more of this podcast you can go to google play stitcher apple and spotify and of course on social media as far as instagram catch you later Tip your